0: Tonight to the book of Luke chapter 18. And you that don't wear glasses, said thank you, Jesus, I'm free. I don't think I didn't hear nothing. Are we all blind people around here? I said, you that don't wear glasses, said thank you, Jesus. And all we blind folks says, Have mercy, Lord Jesus. Have mercy, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah! Praise God. Amen. This four-eyed devil is a problem. God gave us two eyes; and did put four. You're blessed not to have four guys. So thank God again. Praise God. And you have contact ladies, You're cheating. You're a cheater. All right. So you're going to have to read because I can't read. You're going to read for me. Chapter 18 of the book of Luke. Luke chapter 18. Will you all read right now? And he spake a parable unto them to this hand that men sometimes to pray and to always faint. Please allow me to correct myself. And he spake compared unto them, to this end, that men ought, I don't know why he didn't say women. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Saying there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regard men. And there was a widow in that city. And she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but after word, he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what this unjust judge saith. And shall not God judge, avenge his own own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he be long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? And he spake on, this a parable on, there's a certain man who trusted in themselves, that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, and the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are, extortioner, unjust, Adulterers or even as this publican I fast twice in the week I give tithe of all that I possess and the publican standing afar off would not lift so much his eyes unto heaven but smote his breast and saying god be merciful to me a ah, sinner i tell you this man went down to his house justified rather than the other for everyone that exalted himself shall be abased and he that humbled himself shall be exalted we're going to pray mighty God hallowed be thy name thy kingdom Come. Thy will be done in earth as it's rightly done in heaven. Bless this service in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. You may be seated. My text was taken from Luke chapter 18. And I want to talk to you about a publican's prayer. A publican's prayer. What is prayer? What is prayer? Now, in any relationship, there's always one that talks too much. And the other will not speak. Just, you don't know if they're listening. You don't know if they hear what you said. And if you ask for clarification, they get angry. And they might even snarl at you. And if they got long nails, they'll probably claw you. And some will say, leave me alone. Or they may find a special room and go hide in that room to avoid you. And they see you coming and they put their earplugs in. They don't want to talk to you because you talk too much. I wonder how would it be if that would be the relationship between God and man. Now, the Bible did say, and it, Jesus did say, some people thought, they would be heard for their much speaking. Unfortunately, the next way around with humanity is very little listening. So the more, the more we talk, we hope that these, at least 5% got through. So we come at great volumes. <coughs> but Jesus Christ is teaching about prayer. Prayer. And I know that when it comes to prayer, people don't want to pray. Jesus says, men ought always. Women, I don't know why he left you out. Men ought always to pray. And I didn't hear you men jump and say, hallelujah, thank God, it's true. Because you just don't want to pray. But Jesus is teaching us the the preeminence of prayer, the importance of prayer, and the benefit of prayer. And so he gave us the story and said, the problem is not with me, God, because the parable said, even though that woman talked too much, and bother him too much. There was no lacking in him hearing her. He heard her every time she knocked on that door. And for whatever reason, he didn't respond. But delay does not mean rejection or denial. And so, he said... She kept on coming. Now, she could have got upset and said, well, okay, I'm doing all the talking. You're doing no listening. I'm going to quit. And so pretty soon, the house is very quiet because you're both mute. And some people have perfected the art of counting ceilings in their bed. And some known the martial heart of speaking to the wall. Amen. And uh, and sometimes women wonder why men go for a long walk. He doesn't want any more squawk. He's had enough. And it's not stopping. And so God gives us a story like that. And so He said, "She continually come knocking. He could hear those steps coming." You know who's coming. Same old, old woman. And her request never changed. I want revenge. <laughs> I want an answer. I want a response to my request. And you're a judge. and You can do something about it. And she kept on coming. And kept on knocking. And finally he decided, all right. What do you want? He said he will avenge her speedily. And the message he's putting here is that importunity means unashamedly keep coming back to Jesus in prayer. It doesn't matter how long you've been praying or how long you've been waiting. That's not the key. The important thing is Finally, he answered. That's all that matters. I don't care if you got to wait until you're 4,900 years old. It doesn't matter. The important thing is the day he answered, you'll forget how long you've been praying. (laughs) Because finally, he answered. Amen. And so God said, I've been long. But I'm going to show up. If you don't quit, I'll be there. If you don't give up on me, I won't give up on you. You know, Mary and Martha were angry at Jesus. Just, we told you her brother was sick, and we told you he was going to die, and you literally died. <laughs> then you showed up, and he had insult to injury. He said, look, I'm so glad I wasn't here, and he's dead. What kind of Jesus is this? We gave you advance notice to come and rescue us. And you said you're glad you weren't here. He said that you may know me in a realm that you've never seen before. Hallelujah. We was all over. Next thing I know, he brought stinking Lazarus from that grave and put him at that sweet-smelling table. And they were shocked. And they thought they had to wait way down to the end of time At the resurrection to see Lazarus again. God said, no, no, no. You don't know me. I can do anything I want. Amen. Now, folks, you can't push God. Try pushing a rope. You just don't push a rope. And you can't push God. But you got to patiently wait, David says, on the Lord. And so he's saying, Men must pray and not faint. In other words, don't quit because I haven't answered. Don't let go because what you're asking me for, I haven't done it. I've got my reason why I haven't done what I, you want me to do. And don't get so high and mighty that you walk out because you still won't have the prayer answer. It's not me that have the need, it's you and you must be willing to put up with anything if you're really desperate. Remember I told you, desperately hungry people don't use knife and fork. They go right in there with all ten fingers. They don't queue up for food. They just go and grab it. And they don't say, well, it's my turn. They grab it and push you out of the way because they're desperate. And so Jesus says, answers will come. Amen. And he says, that crying that day does paid off, but the key word is don't faint when you pray. Now, what's the first thing you do when you go to pray? Yawn. Lack of oxygen. Next thing come your eyes let come down, and you want to sleep. And like my mother used to do, she go to pray and said, "Good morning, Jesus." She went in a sleep mode. And Walker found out she was not even praying. She was in a deep trance, sleeping in the land of Nod. And we laugh, and we all do the same thing. When do you faint the most? You don't faint singing a song. But as soon as prayer meeting comes, in this church, I mean, there's an hypnotic spirit in this church every Tuesday. I watch it happen in this church. Everybody is on an hypnosis. I mean I watch everybody come on there slain, drunk in the spirit. Welcome to the top cemetery. <laughs> everybody bowing up in obese. Pastor. And they can't wait for the hour to be up. They jump right up, and each day you know, they'll sit there after the prayer meeting service for two hours and gab. <laughs> and they talk and socialize. You thought, were they the same people I saw praying? What happened there? We always faint. You know why? Because it's a one-way conversation. He's not talking back. Right? Now go back if you if you're married and got a spouse and and your spouse don't talk back to you, does that feel nice? Do you get, do you get upset? Often you get upset. You don't have to let your hair falls out. You get mad. Don't want to talk. You know. Just at least blink your eyes so I know you're listening. Do something. Shake her. Nod your head. You know. Hey, are you alive? Well, God is just. They're listening. You know. You were praying tonight. Did he says? heard that before, say something different. This woman did not change her tune. She didn't change the content, didn't change her purpose, and she kept on till he responded. Now, the first recorded prayer in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 4 and 26. In the days of Enos, men began to call. Upon the name of the Lord. What's his name? What's his name? Now, I'm telling my wife again. When I I was so in love with my wife, when I, when I first married, she, she says, Stop calling my name. See, I was in love. She wasn't. That was the difference. I was in love. She was not. When you're in love, you keep calling somebody you love. Uh-oh. I'm in the wrong place. Hello? Don't you think when you say, Jesus, something happened? You don't think he just draw nigh you? Wouldn't it be kinda of nice in the car when you call your, your hubby, they snuggle up beside you? But next thing you know, there's a big space between you and the door. One guy said to his wife, his wife says, Huh? you don't love me anymore, to the driver. He said, yeah, why do you say that? He said, well, you don't talk to me anymore. He said, just a me. One of us changed, he said. One of us did change. Let's see. He said, well, before we got married recording, we were as close together like this. I mean, we were uptight against each other in the car. I could hardly drive. You know who was driving? We both were driving. We were so close. No air can get between us. And since we got married and said, I do, now, you are now on the far side of the car, way over by the door, and I'm still in the same seat. I have moved. Who moved? Who moved? I didn't. You did. You're way over there. And God is saying, look, I haven't, I haven't moved. You moved. Amen. But Enos, men began to call upon the name of the Lord. When you go to pray, that's not calling on Jesus. We had some people in churches to pray one time. God! God said, yes. Move! God said, move what? Move, God! Move! Do it, God! God said, do what? Do it, God! And they could never tell God... What they want them to do. I know one lady. If I knew her before I uh, before I got saved, I probably would never serve God, because all I ever heard her do was, ah! 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 and that's all she ever did in church. And I thought, boy, your God is whipping you real bad. Your God is a is a wife abuser. He's abusing you. That don't make me be attracted to God. Ah! 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 If your kids start to do that in the in cafeteria, they'll arrest you for abuse. Is that right? Why is the kid doing that? And, uh, and you, you do that to God. I'm not Christianizing but It's true. That's not prayer. Hello? Hello? But the last prayer I found in the Bible is the 22nd chapter of the book of Revelation, verse 20. John prayed a simple prayer. Even so, Lord Jesus. Come quickly. That makes so much sense. What he's saying. Even so Lord Jesus. Come quickly. You know exactly. What he wants. Amen. We don't know why Enos was calling on the name of the Lord. But we know what John said. John says. Even so. Lord Jesus, come quickly. Now, I'm going to give you five reasons why I pray and why you should pray. And we all ought to pray because we learn how to pray because the Bible teaches us how to pray and how not to pray. First of all, you saw two men in the Bible. God is so smart, He put the contrast of how people are. Did you know, around Calvary, the cross, the ground is not uneven. It's a level playing field. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care how good looking you are or how ugly you are. The cross is still the same. The value is still the same. The cross does not recognize human status and our favoritism. Everybody comes through the same Door. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. If you got some other baptism, then you're false. It's a common faith, common approach to God. But the attitude to God differs. It differs. All right? One man come to pray, and God didn't say he was wrong. He was bragging on himself. (laughs) He's praying to God, Well, I... I pay my tithes. I'm not a fornicator. And he gave God the long list of how good he is. Is he praying? Or is he bragging on God, on who he is? Not on who God is. Well, God says, I don't need you to tell me who you are. I know who you are. And God says, that's what this man did. He's praying, exalting himself. And just next door to him is another guy that felt so humiliated in God's presence and felt so unworthy of God. And he's praying this way, Oh, God. bows and says, Oh, God, I'm not worthy to call upon your name. I don't deserve nothing that you've given to me or even come in my way. And he's so humble. He's so broken, unassuming. And God said, this guy that bragged on himself went home zero fulfilled. God just ignored him. He's justifying himself rather than let God justify him. He's trying to tell God, I deserve everything I'm asking you for. I'm entitled to it. You owe it to me. After all, I have earned my salvation. Look what I have not done. Look what I have done. You know, God, how dare you not bless me? Look, man, I'm not an adulterer. I'm not an extortioner. I'm not a fornicator like this old sinner next door. Oh, God said, oh, yes. I said, well, that sinner you're talking about, I'm going to bless him and not bless you. And we're going to see why there's a difference in the way they pray. And the reason why some people pray and God don't seem to answer their prayer is their approach to God. Their approach to God. But let me give you some five reasons why you should pray. Number one, Psalm 65 and verse 2 says, Oh, thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. You didn't come Tuesday to pray because I told you to come. You come because, thank God, there's a place where I can come and pray without fear. And I can pray with liberty. And I can be myself and talk to God. That freedom is not everywhere in the world. And thank God for a place... A secret place where I can pray and not feel intimidated by the man next to me who's bragging on himself go ahead brag on yourself if you want to but right now I'm gonna to pray to God and thank him I'm coming I'm a flesh I need God number two we're told in Matthew 26 41 I must pray Always that I enter not into temptation. I got to literally ask God. No, I know God knows I shouldn't be tempted. But I'm going to ask God not to lead me into temptation. This may shock you. Jesus Christ was led up on the mountain and in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. By the Spirit. The Spirit drove Jesus in an area of temptation. And he's asking you when you pray, say, God, don't do that to me. It says, and Jesus was led by the Spirit to be tempted. And he's saying to you and me, Jesus is saying now later on to you and me, pray that you enter not into temptation, because that could be your falling the day you ought to lose the day, the day you trip up, the day you lose out. The next reason why we pray, number three, is Luke 21:36. And if I were you, I'd put it in your heart because, friend, you're gonna need it again. Luke 21:36. Pray that you be accounted worthy to escape what you're hearing in the news today. It's getting worse. The tribulation. Pray that I will not have to go through that that storm that trial that wicked time that's coming upon the earth called the great tribulation he's saying pray that you enter not in temptation pray that I'm a kind worthy to escape Remember, you're praying for yourself amen you're praying for your survival you're praying for your preservation and then number four It says, pray the Lord that he sent forth labor into the harvest. That means you're making petition for his kingdom's sake. Pray that he will send forth people to win others to God like you have been won to God. So you can't say when I come to pray for an hour, I don't have nothing to pray for. I'll give you four things that are really why should, reason why I should pray and what to pray for. And number five, Matthew 6 and 10, he said, when you pray, don't pray like the hypocrites or the others do, their vain repetition, but pray this way. Thy kingdom come. So when I come to use it to pray, it's not sleep time. It's not therapy time. It's not R&R time. I come to make prayer. They were in a place where prayer was wont to be made. And in that place, God opened a woman's heart called Lydia. Amen. And the truth got into her. So prayer, there are purposes for prayer. And we know who we're praying to. And we don't want to pray like the Pharisees. And we don't want to pray like the hypocrites who think by their much speaking they'll be heard or how many beads or rosary they can count or how many poetical words you can sound out. God said, no, I'm going to teach you how to pray. But first, let's know how we come to him. Now, next thing God says, here's how to pray. First Thessalonians 5, 17 says, Pray without ceasing. You know, I could be driving and still praying. I could be sitting down and still be praying inwardly. My lips don't always have to move. When I come to church, I want it moves. If I'm in a place of freedom, I can shout onto my lungs. If I'm in an apartment, I can't do it very loud because my neighbors are upstairs. I got to respect their privacy and their rights. But if I come to church... I open my heart and my mouth and my lungs and I'm going to cry unto the Lord until he hears me. Not that God is deaf, but I'm putting exuberance behind my prayer. Pray without ceasing. Now I'm going to pick on you baby mothers now. Baby mothers, this is a baby. I grew up in a church when I was being pastored and the pastor had a wife. Who had kids in advanced years of their lives, and every service those kids were in church, they never had a downstairs session. Never, never had one. At no time was she downstairs with their baby. While he's preaching upstairs, this never happened. I'm not picking on you. Now, I'm telling you what I noticed, and I also notice. Don't make it uh, personal here. She plays the piano, and she put that thing right beside her piano, and she plays right to the songs, sir. My wife saw that. Forever till they grew up. And then when they grew up, when they grew up, at a certain age, they could walk. And they misbehaved in church. He went, boy. Well, when they go home, they know what it meant. Today, those boys are married and preaching. Not only that did I notice, when we had prayer and fast conference for three days and three nights, those little kids fasted three days and three nights with us. Woo! Go ahead, mock me if you want to. I'm giving you an example that I know of. And I watch you teenagers come to church and you don't pray, you just look around like this. No wonder you're always in sin and temptation all the time. Can you do another prayer like you don't have one? And you could if you want to. You chose not to. Those little boys pray. They pray. Talk in tongues. Rejoice. Worship God. Always on the watchful eye of daddy. Daddy pray, you pray. Uh Uh-huh. Daddy fast, you fast. Now, folks, it never did kill them. It blessed them. You can't tell me you do what's right by God's law and you're hurt by it. It just don't happen. Church, life does not demean you. It elevates you. God never leaves you where he found you. God always makes life better. And so, pray without what? Ceasing. I mean, don't quit. In other words, those boys know that Prayer is the oxygen of their life. Now they're married, got kids, they pass it on to their kids. You become what you practice. What you avoid, you never learn. Hello? Ephesians 6. 18 says, pray always in faith. I'm being told how to pray. Pray without ceasing. Pray not faint. And then Matthew 6, 7 says, pray and use not vain repetition. Look, if, if you ever buy a, a prayer book, I can buy you one. But it's like me saying to my wife, reading Shakespeare, I said, hey, honey, it's the Shakespeare says, I love you. He said, put that book down and talk from your heart. I don't care if it's broken English or good English. Just say what you feel. Communicate to me. Talk to me. <laughs> this guy couldn't read. He had a friend that could. and a girlfriend that was far away. And so his best friend would write the letter for him to his future wife-to-be. Guess who married the girl? The guy who writes the letter. Married the girl. And it's the same thing. If you keep reading people's prayer to God, guess who get the blessing? The one who writes the prayer. You get nothing. That's why I think postcard is a farce. They make money off us. Honey is the postcard. Really, that's not your words. I lost you now. It's kind of nice and convenient. Somebody is preventing you from saying what you really think I want to say. How can some girl sit in the office and write what you would like to say? Oh, that's exactly what I want to say. No, it doesn't work that way. Oh, no. It doesn't work with God. Amen. You can't, you've got a postcard. That's my prayer request. Right, girls? You know what a postcard ends up after you get somebody? Pass them this hand and this hand on the shelf. That's forgotten. Tomorrow's in the garbage bin. You know what? There's nothing to it. What if you said to your wife, hey, honey, roses are red, violets are blue, but ooh, I just love you. Look at you. Those words ring on forever and forever and forever. Even though it's not true, it's just keep on ringing. Hello? And so Jesus says, pray and not faint. So we pray without ceasing, pray always, and don't be in repetition, and don't quit praying. Is that right? Now, I learned, and I found this out very early. When I came to God first in, in 72, I didn't know how to pray. And the first time I prayed was a God help prayer, because I wouldn't know how to pray that way, and I never prayed that way since. God helped me pray that day. And that night, otherwise it would never happen. And I prayed. And obviously the thing that I was praying and saying and doing I was being helped by the Spirit. Then after that, I couldn't pray after that. The longest I could pray is 2 seconds. Oh, no, 2.4 seconds. And .4 was hard. Never mind 2. I went to prayer meeting. And when they pray, I, I said, thank you, Jesus. And then that's the end of the story. I got nothing else to say. I got no words to say to him. I don't know what to say. Everybody's just praying. I'm watching praying and talking and done and doing all their stuff. And I can't wait for prayer to be to be over because I got nothing else to say. I'm done in a second. But one thing though, I desire to pray like others was praying. And I was asking God, Lord, why can't I pray that way? Why'd you help me to pray that way? If you desire it, he will. If you shut up, you let you stay closed up. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, prayer opens door. God taught me how to pray, and I hear men of God preach and taught us how to pray. And if I don't put into practice what's being taught, I will not learn. Because learning means behavioral change. And if you hear me teach something and you don't practice it, then my preaching didn't profit you at all. Might as well, you've never heard. Because the word priest didn't get mixed with faith. Amen. All right? But nobody at Calvary ever injured anybody. Even playing ground. We're all the same access to the same God. All right? Look, Isaac prayed for Rebecca, his wife, to have a child. And God open her womb. I'm telling you prayer will open doors. It's a tool in your life. Learn tonight to pray through. And you won't be a prey for the devil. Elijah prayed and heavens opened up to him. You can too. Cuz God said he had passion like we have. And he prayed earnestly. And God did what he said. He came back and reversed his prayer, and God worked with him. Why would God tease you? He's not teasing you. Elisha prayed for his servant to see what he could not see. And said, Lord, open his eyes. Now somebody should get spiritually jealous and say, you know, first of all, don't covet your neighbor. Their car, their job, their money. Their blessing, it's a sin if you covet. Don't covet, go get your own. Hello. But there's a thing called godly jealousy. So Lord opened this young boy's eyes to see what I see. And rather than seeing enemies, he saw protectorates for him. It's amazing how when you pray, God can make you see things differently. Your eyes are opening up, right? So Elisha prayed, and God opened his eyes. Amen. We find also Peter's in jail. He's in real bad trouble. He's going to come tomorrow. And the women got together, and they began to pray, and they touched God. And God dispatched an angel and opened up the prison gate for him. Doesn't that tell you something? That God wants to do the same for you and me? If it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow be the same, doesn't that mean that we can get the same results? I can pray like Isaac and have the results he had. I can break like Elijah, not necessarily a womb open, but God's opening up doors because I pray for it. Prayer is power. Prayer is power every hour. Amen. And we find Paul and Saucer in jail. And when they prayed, the Bible says the place should. Oh, hallelujah. I don't want to shake myself up. I want to shake the building I'm in. How many of us can say our house knows when we come to pray? Where in your house do you have a place, a quiet place, that you often resort to and you pray? Think about it. Daniel, the Bible says, he prayed and God answered his prayer. You will never convince me that God will answer your prayer. I will not believe you. Well, Pastor Neil, I've been praying and nothing happened. Yes, the problem is not vertically, it's horizontally. There's nothing wrong with heaven, nothing wrong with God. He's not deaf, he's not blind, but it's the approach. One man went home justified, and the other went mummified. <laughs> the attitude, the way you approached him, amen. Gabriel showed up. Nehemiah prayed. He said, God, Nehemiah chapter 9, he prayed. Beautiful story. You will go back there in a minute. And he said, God, I need your help. Help me, God. Give me some help. And the king did not even know that he's praying that prayer. Answered exactly like he prayed. Esther prayed. She prayed that the king would reverse his decision. And that she couldn't go before the king and see him. And her prayer was answered. The Bible said the king received her. Why? Because she was good looking? No! Because she went in prayer. And she talked to somebody who could do something about her situation. Amen. And it's the same as with Daniel and Nehemiah and Esther. And then Jabez come on the scene and, and really provoke us now. Because Jabez was born and he was the worst person in his family. He was the guy that was a, a, you know, an outcast. And he knew that life was against him. But he didn't accept that. Didn't blame his mom and dad or anybody. He just said, God. And he prayed. And he prayed. And God granted him his wish. Now church, do you think anybody is more spiritual than anyone in this building? Forget it. The difference is relationship. Every one of you, to God, is a distinct individual. And God... Respond to you as you draw nigh to him. Draw nigh to God, and God will draw nigh to you. Resist God and He resists you. Honor God and He'll honor you. <laughs> esteem Him and He'll esteem you. So the choice is yours. You know, if I some folks say, Well, Pastor. I'm going to backslide. Hey, don't expect God to have a nervous breakdown because you backslide. He's got millions that does that. You're just another pig in the cog. You'll be the first one. Hey, they do it all the time. But don't forget also, he got 7,000 besides you. They don't believe the way you think about him that way. Elijah thought he was someone special. And God said, Just Elijah. I got 7,000 men that you don't even know that love me just like you love me, and more like you love me, because you're quitting on me, and they don't. Amen. All right. And so Jabez got his wish. And then I like the story about Anna. Anna is a woman that was provoked in her home. She had problems and troubles. But Anna said, Look, God, I can't handle this anymore. She came to church at this altar, and she bowed before God. Let me tell you, folks, don't waste your time. Call the pastor. He needs help just like you. You are wasting your time. Don't tell me. Tell him. Now, if you're looking for somebody to agree with you in prayer, I'm there. But I can't pray for you. I can pray with you. And it won't be my prayer that makes the answer to turn around. It will be your prayer. According to your faith, I'll do it. Not my faith. I can have all the faith that I could move Gibraltar rock. If you don't in agreement with me, it's just... Not going to happen. I could teach you, you know, I could give you all the books in the world, and you're still so flunk. Amen. I got exams I've taken and failed them, because the books I hadn't never read them. And they asked me questions about things I didn't read, I should have read. Well, I didn't fail because I didn't have the books. I failed because I didn't apply the books. I didn't apply it to me. Jesus said, it's not the one that heareth, that is justified. It's the one that doeth. Doing. Well, I pay my tithes, and I profit. That's problem. Lies. Why do you say it, Pastor Dean? Because the Bible says it's a lie. Because you're saying, what profit is it that I keep his ordinances and nothing worked for me? And God said, I heard that. Malachi said, I heard that. I heard what you just said. But honey, while you're cursing God and blaming God, the next guy down the road, the publican, is saying, Speak often, one to another. God is so good. God is so great. God is so kind and wonderful. I love, you know, while you're cursing God, many are bowing to Him and worshiping Him. While you're calling what you're supposed to do to God a waste, others call it worship. You know, I'm I'm not that stupid to believe I'm the only guy God can use behind this pulpit. Get off it! He's got thousands, hundreds, can use anybody he wants to bring forth his praise. So I better grab onto what I got and realize I'm replaceable, but he's not. Amen. I need him. He don't need me. Before I was born, he was God. And when I'm gone in my grave, he's still God. So come Get the revelation. God don't need you. God did you a favor putting in the body. And he says, you better be walking worthy of this calling. You better be worthy of this calling. Otherwise, I'm going to leave you behind. Let's worship Jesus. I have learned my approach to God makes the difference with God. And God grant Henry and all these people their wishes. Now, prayer is a weapon. People think they can blame God for things and get success. I do mediation for people who are antagonistic towards each other. And you know, you know what the problem is? Blame. Who wants to be blamed? Who wants to get somebody to deal with the beam in their eyes? Oh. Leave my beam alone. Get your own beam. <coughs> Get your own beam. Go work with your own beam. Leave my beam alone. <laughs> Amen. Hello. All right. Praise the weapon. Ahithophel trying to hurt David. And David called a prayer meeting. Said, God, don't let Ahithophel plans. Against me, work. You know who got hung? I hear the bell. Because prayer is not only a tool; it's not only keys to my situation. It's also a weapon in my warfare. Learn to pray till you pray through. Learn to pray until the answer comes. Learn to pray. When you go home, you're justified. You're justified mean merited favor being shown to you. Not based. The guy said, God, I'm a sinner. You know I'm a sinner. God, you know I'm a no-good bum. And God said, go home justified. I'm going to teach you like you're okay. And this guy's telling God all, all, how nice he is, how kind he is, and da-da-da. I'm keeping all your laws and you don't care about it. And God said, Go home, you wretch. <laughs> Because if God should mark iniquity, who among us would be saved? Come on. If God should mark the spots on us, who would make it in? Nobody. But by the grace of God, here I stand. Here I stand. Hallelujah. Justified. Not the works that I've done, but the grace of God was done. Praise God. God took my disgrace and make it grace. Anybody understand that? You know, some people don't realize how blessed they are. We were in a third world country and I couldn't enjoy the scenery. I'm thinking I'm thinking, Boy, I live in Canada and there are Canadians who who curse their government. I mean, some of you right here curse your government. I don't care how bad your government is. Is better than the ones I've seen. Because your government gives you roads to drive on and lights to see and clean water to drink from and hospital to take care of your needs. Hello? And make you not live in a squalor. And if you're unemployed, at least give us some pogey, whatever that is hello, and give you handouts, those government don't. When you walk off that plane and come back here, you should kiss the ground. And when I look back and see where he brought me from and the old taskmaster I used to have and the new one in my life, my prayer is don't send me back. I, by the grace of God, will never come to God say, so "God, I feel that backsliding." He might just take me upon it, and <laughs> I'm scared he might. I don't know about you, but I can't afford to lose Jesus. One preacher told me one time. He says, "I just can't imagine myself living without." And he called his wife's name. Look, sorry, guy, you will have to one day. But that's how I should feel about Jesus. Lord, I can't live without you. Amen. In my warfare, I need him. So I see prayer as a tool for time of crisis. I see prayer as the keys to open doors that were shut against me. I see prayer as a weapon in my spiritual warfare. It's not carnal. Amen. And I'll pray in the spirit, and I'll pray in my understanding. Thank God for that. And I want to be fervent and effectual in prayer. Can I say amen? All right. Often should I pray? Always. Now, some folks think Jesus Christ is a welfare God. He's is not a welfare God. Let me show it by drawing here. I, 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 like I said, I talk too much. <laughs> I do. I'm always talking about God. I'm obsessed talking about God. Always talking about God. And others are not interested. Even preachers don't want to talk about God. Even preachers I know don't want to talk about God. Neil, can't we just visit? No. (laughs) And I got weird ideas. Look at this apple. How did God dream this up? Pastor Neil, you're now 60 years old. Stop asking dumb questions. No. Every time I see the wonders of God, I'm awed. How could God dream this up? How did He do it? It's copyrighted, it's all His. He's the original of it. Now, I want you guys to see this right here. It's original. I call it the five stars of prayer. And you better learn this pretty quick. You better learn it very quick. Because that's the difference between the publican and the Pharisee. There was a difference between the two. And Jesus pointed out. I've heard people pray prayer. It's very poetical. It sounds good to our hearing, but maybe it didn't impress God at all. People <laughs> pray a long prayer until you get hungry. And God quit listening a long time ago. He turned them off. And God don't even care if you stand or bow or sit or lay in your chest or you do it. Just pray. Look on my chart right here. And I notice this here. I'll learn this by experience. Every time I miss church, what I should have heard, I didn't hear. And then God let me know, I'm still responsible for what I missed. I'm still Successful prayer approach to God. It doesn't matter how you approach God. Look very carefully. The way you approach God, you start with worship. You worship God for who He is. You don't work and start cursing God. God, you didn't answer my prayer. God, da da. da, da. God said, get out of my presence. Who do you think you are? You don't walk into Buckland Palace and start gab. In fact, they said, don't even talk to the queen. unless should talk to you first. Worship the Lord because he is good. I don't care what problem you have. You're going see this formula in the Bible. The next thing you do in prayer is you praise him where you acknowledge him for what he does in your life. Be honest. You got a shoe on your feet, clothing on your back. You're not in the ICU. You're not starving. Can't you give thanks for that? Okay, I couldn't give you $500, but I gave you a nickel. Can you thank God for that? it the amount that counts? Obviously not, because a guy win, lost 649, and he's still in the gutter most. He still is. Kids inherited parents' legacies and money and went broke the next week. God taught his people little is much if God is in it. Well, Pastor Neal, in the world they're more blessed than we are. Well, welcome to Scripture. You live in an environment where you're crying and they're laughing. He told you that before. Didn't he tell you that? He told you that. But don't forget, the rich man is praying in hell. And Lazarus is not. Well, who was the rich guy in this world? <laughs> the guy who lived sumptuously. If you want to live like that, go ahead. When you die, you die lost. So the godly guy is a beggar with sores. Didn't God love him? Why didn't God deliver him? He didn't. He had sores. The dog licked his wounds and all that stuff. And when a beggar dies, you don't bear them, you burn them. They bear the rich guy with pomp and praise. And the the beggar they do what? Burn him. If you're going to envy the guy on your job, don't forget, envy the curse that comes with them too. Envy their ending also. Yezai envied the Syrian king's Babylonian garment. So he got it. He got the gold too. But he died a leper. So you want what the world has? Go get it. But it's only for a season. But the little that the righteous had, when I went to Africa, I saw people who were ministers and pastors. Where they live, you wouldn't live there, I wouldn't live there, but they live there. And I didn't have more Holy Ghost than they had, or have God more than they have. One thing, okay, one thing. If I get to heaven, they get to heaven. They're going to have mansion, riches, power, and glory. And the guy in Buckingham Palace won't have that. Obama won't have that. So when you envy the sinner or hell angel's money, you're going to hell with them too. So get your eyes off them. Get your eyes on walking with God. Praise God for what he's done in your life. If you look carefully, you see something in life God did for you. Then, before you start making requests, you have to confess. And that's God for forgiveness. Well, Pastor Neil, I've been a Christian all my life. I've never sinned. John said, you're a liar. He said, you're sitting up. you said, you lie. And the truth is not in you. It could be the sin of omission or the sin of commission. I'm not here to figure out what sin you've committed. But if you tell me you live all this day, this week, and you've got no fault and failures, then you are not telling the truth. You are not telling the truth. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. And when you pray, Forgive us of our, he didn't say if you have, he said, so you've got it. Forgive us. As we forgive those that are against us. Confession and seek forgiveness through repentance. So once you finish the cycle, the next part of the star is bring and make your requests known unto God. In prayer, you know, it's amazing. Ruth ended up in poverty when her husband died. And the decision she made, God made her marry a rich, powerful guy. Better than the one she had before. And she went from being a beggar to the landlord, the owner of the field. Amazing, isn't it? Request is made by petitioning God's throne. He will supply all those needs through prayer, make it known to God. And when you finish talking to God about your needs, you go right back to giving of thanks. Parents, It's about time you start withholding some pleasure and and some privilege from your children. It is not good that you give them everything they want. I think it's a wise parent that have the money and will not give that kid, and let him cry his head off and say, I'm not giving it to you. No. I will not buy it. I will not send you. I will not support it. No. Because you know what folks? You're gonna teach your kid, now they're entitled. Every time they cry, the milk comes. You mother the are breastfeeding, and you're pretty smart if you do. If you don't, well, another you know story your doctor can talk about that. But you know what you know what they do? They train a child on that breast. But a kid don't know anything. It's called scheduling. Well, they're gonna cry. Oh, got good lungs. Come good singers, opera singers. Let them cry. You know, what the most terrible thing to see happen: a little boy come home, and next boy slapped him and beat him up, and mom kisses was. Oh, you hurt my little boy. Push that boy up.' there. Say, Get out there and fight for yourself. You pansy. I lost some of you now. Well, why are you going to put a wimp? Ooh. Ooh. Stay out of the playground. That's their world tomorrow. And God does not rescue you and me every time we cry, Wolf, 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 Wolf. Every time we cried nine one one, God said no 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 nine nine one 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 no. They they said, Oh Lord, wait, God? Where are you? I cried all night. God said, Too bad. Don't let your kid get used to vacation. Next year when he comes, say you're not going. Why not? God say you're not going. Well, i got the money to pay for it. I don't care. You're not going. God does that to you. You don't think God does it to you? If God was to give you everything you asked for, you'd be a spiritual brat. You'd be a spiritual dropout. He calls Israel to hunger that they may learn that man does not live by Bread alone. You know what they did? They got mad at him. Well, that didn't change him. Why would a parent give kids money they've never earned? Well, I'm going to give you allowance. There's no such thing as allowance. You work for it. You earn it. Carry out the garbage. Cut the grass. Oh, Lord, i mercy now. God said, I'm not giving you no handout. I was working, and I was getting my call to the ministry. I knew it was because I learned afterwards because they tell me what it was. And God, I was at this conference. And God said, boy, you have a choice to make. Something God put you in a position, you have to choose which where you're going to go. He's testing me. I guess he, he was. He said, if you stay, you're going to be fired. But you can go if you want to. You know what I did? I stayed, and they fired me. <laughs> they fired me. <laughs> now, what am I supposed to do? One week went by, two weeks went by, three weeks went by, no job, and God says, "Don't cry over it. Go give tracks out. Go hand out tracks. Go do this. Go do that." And pretty soon, I forgot about my problems, and it was when I forgot about it, alone, God answered prayers. You know, what I used to pray. I used to pray, God, that one job could wipe out my bills. And the first paycheck. And I'm qualified. I got all the credentials. And sometime God built me up and they called for an interview. And I thought, for sure, I'm going to get this job. And only to be let down. And I thought, God, you gave the job to that wretch. They don't even serve you. I do. God says my thoughts and your thoughts are not the same and my ways and your ways are not the same as the heavens are higher praise God hallelujah hallelujah i begin to thank God in all things give thanks i'm sick give thanks I'm tired. Give thanks. I'm hungry. Give thanks. Lord, have mercy now. I'm fired. Give thanks. I got blessed. Give thanks. In all things. For this is God in Christ Jesus. Well, God trying to try and teach me. I don't know what he's trying to teach me. I'm going to learn later on. But then God let me know. It was up to me how long it took to get out of my situation. Now, folks, look at this here. Learn this very quick right now. When you go home tonight and you're praying, start with worshiping God. Then praise him, what he did in your life. Go back and dig in your closet, what he did for you. And then start confessing your bad attitude towards him. Or the way you kicked the dog. You shouldn't have kicked the dog. That was abuse of a pet. Hello? Hello? Or the way you talk to your husband, or you know your wife. Some folks think because they're Christian, they can treat their unsaved spouse with indignity. You're wrong. You're sinning. You are sinning. You can't do that. They got rights. That to be invalid. Lord have mercy. I'm in the wrong church tonight. You can't violate it. Your body's not your own and theirs not their own either. They don't know that. Well, you know that. Lord, Lord. <laughs> you can't... There were some women used to leave their husband's meal uncooked and so they run to church. Sinner. You cause them to curse God. You're wrong. You make sure that are means I'm taken care of first and do your duty. Otherwise, you're sinning. You are sinning. That's what you're doing. And then you come to church. <laughs> Lord, we're having problems here tonight. I'm trying to preach on prayer and I see you don't want to stone me. me Nehemiah chapter 9. Go there, please. I'm coming to the close. Because I hear you asking me to quit and I'm going to quit, like you're asking me to. Your prayer is being granted. <laughs> <clears throat> Praise God. Does this make sense? I'll tell you, God love Muslim like you love Christians. God loved Catholic, Baptist, Trinitarian, Unitarian, Notarians. He loves everybody. He dies for everybody. Hello? But it's up to them to get saved. Hello? Because he's going he's gonna to feed them. They got his oxygen in them and his breath in them. Look at this, folks. I took the prayer, this is closing here, of Nehemiah, Nehemiah, and I searched it. And I found that Nehemiah applied the rule that God showed me. And all the prayers in the Bible follow that sequence of events. Look, Nehemiah in chapter 9 and verse 3, he offered worship. Hello. And then, B, he praised God in in verse 5, 15 to 19. And then next thing I see, he's confessing to God. He's confessing to God, in chapter nine, and verse seventeen to eighteen, and verse thirty-three to thirty-five. Nimas confessing, and finally he slipped in there. What do you want from God? He slipped right in there. What do you want from God? Now you folks have always warned me, Pastor, don't overfeed us. So. I think I'm overfeeding feeding you right now. Stand up. I can see it in your eyes. Oh, you're bloating. But if I can carry on five more hours, you can stay where you are. Don't stand. I have your permission. At least my wife will stay with me. Folks, look at this here, folks. Time is gone, so I have to stop. But I want you to look at this, folks. Look at this right here. You are hurting yourself on Tuesday night. When you don't pray, you're not using the tools, the weapons, the keys, and the opener. You're not making use of it. And you go home not justified, not because you're sinful, but you're not using what God says in your hand. What's in your hand? Moses? Stop crying to be Moses. What's in your hand? Now, folks, here is a stay right here. You got some Pentecost's future I hope you got a prayer life because the devil will make a mockery out of you you don't mind your preaching just don't pray he will eat you up let's stand the only time Samson prayed was once in his life with the beating. one time it was on his deathbed he prayed On his deathbed. They said Saul never sought the Lord. Here's a stairway to prayer right here. Worship. Praise. Confession. Making the request known. End with thanksgiving. That's so easy. You got Five fingers. It's so easy. And when you walk in God's presence, please don't tell God you deserve what you're asking for because it won't happen. Make your request known. And God wants to, you can say, yes, no, wait. Yes, no, wait wait. So what happened to Pastor Neil? I mean, 1972, couldn't pray longer than one minute. And now, we're learning how to pray longer? Five minutes now, longer. And now from one minute to five minutes. does it matter how long I pray? No. I do pray. Sometimes we whisper. Sometimes we shout. Sometimes we're just internally. But I found that by men that of God have got taught me, if I pray out, it's more powerful than I pray in. I pray out. You say, Well, Sister so and so's listening. Well, first of all, she's nosy. Now they're busy what I'm saying. Mind your own business. Put a fence up. Don't be a busybody neighbor. Hello. And if Sister so and so. Now, that lady was praying and crying and agonizing if she wanted to. Really, it wasn't her fault. It was my fault interfering with her relationship with Jesus. Was it not? Yes. Because he's not going to condemn her for what she's doing. It's between them both. He can take it, you know. You know, some folks can't sing. And God says, stop singing out of tune. If that's the case, this church wouldn't make it. <laughs> Lord, praise God we're in there, in the choir. Uh-huh. Isn't that right? We're in the choir. Let's bow our heads right now and pray. I want you to pray for yourself right now. Lord Jesus, we thank you tonight. You've taught us how to pray. Lord, there are times in our lives where we faint. There are times when we feel so weak in body are so drained of strength that we don't know what to say, what to do. And there are times, God, when we just feel that desire to pray and fervency to pray. But one thing we know, God, you've been a good God to us. You've been kind to us. You've blessed us beyond measure. And, Lord, you've never one day frowned at us when we come to talk to you. God, you've been there every time we call. You've never put us on old. You've always responded. Teach this church how to pray. I'm asking you, Lord, to bless this church to pray. I'm praying for this church to become effective in prayer. And that's the truth, God, we're praying night and day for this church. God, they sing well, they testify well, they love you, they they, they do great things, they're committed. But this tool, God, that must be sharpened, this key that must be used, this weapon that must be used against their adversaries and in time of their spiritual warfare, prayer is the answer. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want five people to help me pray right now. I want the first one to start off with worship. Who'd we'll be that one? Pray right now. Everybody else bow bow your heads right now. Who'd we'll be the one that lift your voice right now and worship God?